This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Roman Eggenberger from Alt-MBA 19. Roman, thanks for taking the time to talk today. You have quite the story, and Alt-MBA played a, a, a big role in what you're doing now. But I think it makes sense to establish or talk about what were you doing before Alt-MBA. You describe yourself as a retired banker. Can you talk a little bit more about your, your banking career? Sure, coming. So thank you for um, having me here. Uh, great pleasure and honor to be speaking to you. To go back to the uh, origins of my banking career, we have to go back in time quite a bit. So at the tender age of 15, I was about to finish secondary school. And because my uncle owned a print shop, uh, it was clear that I would get into his uh, his company and uh, learn the craft of typography. But then eventually when uh, the time was ready for me to quit school, he didn't have a desk for me. So he, he had nowhere to sit and I was still about to finish school. So I needed to end up in a company for my apprenticeship. And uh, eventually my family assessed my talents and uh, they concluded that uh, I wasn't shy to speak and that my counting was uh, reasonably okay. So eventually, at the time, at least in uh, 1988, those were the perfect ingredients for uh, a long career in finance. And uh, that's how it all started. So I started my apprenticeship uh, in a private bank in Liechtenstein in 1988. And then uh, a number of uh, banks that I worked for, mainly in Zurich, but then also in Hong Kong and in Singapore. And I joined an American bank, went back to Switzerland unexpectedly, and then uh, quit banking about six years ago. And then I joined uh, my family trust business, uh, did a few years in the trust area. And that's when it came to an end. And, but overall, 30 years in finance. That's, that's quite a bit of time, 30 years. Like, you know, what, what kept you in banking for, for all those 30 years? Uh, well, eventually I attempted to get out of it a number of times. And uh, so when I went back to business school full time, the main reason to do that was really to widen my horizon and then uh, eventually uh, decide on a different career. But um, I just got back to it because I thought that was kind of the only thing that I knew. But what was important to me, it was always to differentiate between two types of people who worked in a bank. And I always said, there is a group of bankers and there is those that have an employment contract with the bank. And while, again, they go to the same office, they behave very differently and uh, they view themselves very differently as well. And I had always been a person employed by a bank. Uh, and all of my friends, to be very honest, were of the uh, part of the same group. And, you know, the bankers, the way you, you know, might think of those people working in a bank anyway, uh, were far away in terms of thinking of identity of, you know, in terms of values as well. Uh, but I just like the uh, international aspect of the business. I worked with a number of people who were extremely qualified in their field. Uh, I it was given the opportunity to live and work in Hong Kong and Singapore. So I had a I had a great ride overall, but uh, I always knew that there was something out there for me, 
that was more, you know, better fitted to uh, what I actually wanted to do. I just didn't know where and when and how to start. And uh, so I needed a bit of a, a trigger from the outside because on the inside, uh, I've been thinking about doing something else for a very, very long time, but I needed the literally the kick on the outside to actually get moving. And that ended up being Alt-MBA. How did you change in Alt-MBA? I had always asked myself before, what is it that I could do? What is it other than finance that I should get myself into? Or what am I really good at? And after the Alt-MBA, those were no longer my questions or what I was concerned about. I knew that if I wanted to do something, whatever that was, and I committed myself to it, and I surrounded myself with like-minded people, I could do anything, literally anything. And it really opened up my eyes that um, my own future wasn't dependent on what I thought I could do or what I wanted to do. Because there was so much out there to do that other people had already thought up, or other people were already working on, or other people had an idea that they were just waiting for someone to help them execute on, that uh, I could do all of that. So it wasn't me that I had to talk to. I had to really kind of change my perspective and look at the world and ask myself, what is it that I can contribute as opposed to what is it that I can do myself? And it really, the big change to me was when I realized that what was holding me up were actually those magical three obstacles, me, myself, and I. So I was kind of standing in my own way because I was only seeing myself, thinking about myself, focusing on myself. But that was the wrong approach. It was just a completely wrong perspective. And as soon as I looked outwards, I saw the, you know, the uh, the world of opportunities and all of the opportunities just waiting there um, to be picked. And yeah, that's then what I did. So it was easy once I realized that. But I kind of had that inward focus and look for so long that I didn't realize that there was so much out there to do and so much that I could contribute to lots of things that other people had already um, started working on. So I don't know how big of a fan you are, but I got the sense that you were a high school musical fan in that one of your posts <laughs> was uh, that on, on Medium was, I got to go my own way. Um, did you write that during Alt-MBA or shortly after? Yeah, so that was shortly after the old MBA. And that's right. So in the, the days when me and my family, when we used to live in Hong Kong, that was the time when my daughter and I watched the high school musical, um, you know, the movies and the uh, we sang the songs together. So I it was really one of the bonds between my daughter and myself. And uh, when... And that song, Gotta Go My Own Way, had always been my favorite. So when I really got through that Alt-MBA experience and then uh, 
decided to walk out of my my old career, the song came back to mind, and I really had to write that post and medium. And uh, it felt so natural at that moment in time, 15 years later, which was uh, very funny. Yeah. So what what did you decide to do then? Right. So there there are obviously a few things that um, I had been working on or talking to people about, but it would have always been beside the work or just as a hobby or, you know, whenever I find a free minute on the weekend. But what had changed once I walked out of the office was, okay, well, these are now the topics that I want to focus on uh, entirely and not just as a hobby. And there are kind of two areas that um, were my my key focus areas. And one was um, coffee. So I had a very good friend of mine, childhood friend, who was deep into coffee uh, for a number of years. He had done all of the trainings, had his... Uh, a fancy coffee machine and so all of that at home and always talking about coffee and I only started drinking coffee two and a half years ago so I sipped my first espresso uh two and a half years ago in Italy then went to see my friend and said hey I just had that espresso and uh, it was actually not too bad so my friend then said okay Roman you need to be very very careful now because the bad coffee is everywhere. There are only two ways to get around it. So either you make your own coffee or you go to those places where you can get good coffee. Now you can immediately forget about number two because where we live, there is no such thing as a place with good coffee. So you have to make your own. <clears throat> I said, okay, well, uh, you know, I bought uh, my own coffee machine, not as fancy as his, but the proper one took my barista course and uh, then, uh, you know, started working on it. And one day then uh, my friend uh, said, I found this fully fledged coffee truck on kind of a Swiss version of eBay. And uh, doesn't it look fancy? Well, you know, it does. Um, But uh, what would we do with a coffee truck? Well, you know, we would, uh, again, cover option two that I was talking about some time ago, that uh, we would create a place with good coffee. So, well, that's a great idea. Uh, okay, well, let's let's see whether we can buy that truck. And it turns out that the owner of the truck never replied to our email, but that then really got us going in um, uh, searching our own truck, which we then eventually found in the UK. And then we bought a truck and had it renovated and uh, equipped, bought a coffee machine in the U.S. actually, a Slayer V3. And uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, how we got that one going. And uh, I'm now technically a coffee entrepreneur and uh, and a barista. Well, it sounds like you're just getting started. To close, I have one question that I ask everyone I talk to. One of the goals of this show is to help Alt-MBA alumni connect. So how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Well, uh, reach out if you happen to come to Liechtenstein 
because uh, few people come here intentionally. Most most people just drive through. You know, it's 25 kilometers long, so uh, you can't blame them. But uh, it's definitely a place worthwhile visiting. And uh, if you were in the neighborhood, you would just ask for Rome and, you know, the odd guy with the coffee truck, and he'll be directed to me um, easily. Well, thanks, Roman, for being a part of this community. Uh, the world does need more great coffee. Thank you so much for, for what you're doing. Thank you, Colin. It was a pleasure. Thank you. This episode is hosted by me, Covington Doan and edited by William Flato. We'll have a new episode for you in two weeks. We're trying a few things with the podcast and would love to hear what you think.